one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. Another edition of the show. Big Dave Lemon tonight. Joe is out of town. we got Michael Tate in the studio, as I told you last week. Uh, one of our favorite guys that uh, comes in occasionally, helps us out, and uh, gives us another point of view from the world of poker. Uh, professional player. Michael's uh, off to a pretty good start this year, if you don't say so yourself. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Love being here, Dave. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you once again. And uh, uh, coming off a couple of good tournaments, including the... Um, Palm Beach Kennel Club Circuit event with SOP. Uh, how many events you play up there this year? I just played one event so far. Okay. Played the main event and got close. Yeah, did good. Uh, 12th place uh, finish. And uh, that was coming on the heels of uh, another nice performance in January so at the uh, Lucky Hearts tournament over at the Seminole Hard Rock. So we'll talk about a couple of situations from that event as well. And uh, uh, basically, we're going to spend a lot of time tonight, Michael, on the, uh, the World Series of Poker summer schedule that just came out yesterday. Uh, very excited to get all the information. There have been drips and drabs of information, a lot of stuff about the Colossus, the return of the Colossus this year, and some of the changes they made to combat some of the, uh, well, let's say disgust of some of the people that didn't like the way it turned out the first time. Uh, I thought they did a great job. That is just, people don't realize it, what a monumental job it is to put on a tournament of that size. Uh, I thought last year they did a great job. I I love the fact that they're going to play into the money day one. Uh, I love tournaments that do that. Yeah, each session into the money, that's great. Uh, and they're paying 15% of the field, which allows more people to cash. That's great, too. I mean, I know that they... Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't change. A lot of events are going to be paid 15%, which is uh, different from the normal, about 10% usually, pretty close to right. that. Right, and sometimes uh, less than 10 So yeah. not a big deal for the main event, which was guaranteed to pay 1,000 spots. Uh, they had That worked almost perfectly because they had about 6,500 people, so it was right at 15% anyway. Now, uh, if there's more than 6,500, if they should have 8,000 this year, then they'll pay more people than 1,000. So. Right. I, I love the idea because it allows more people to cash, and it doesn't matter how much the cash is. Just to have the chance for them to come play a tournament and be in the money, mm -hmm. that'll bring them back again, and that's good for poker. Yeah, it's good for poker. Uh, we always used to, in the paramutual business, we always called it uh, the churn. Uh, that uh, you know, a lot of people would complain when Micheleno won the trifecta or Joey back in the day, and the trifecta instead of paying three hundred fifty dollars, paid one hundred and fifty dollars, and people would complain. But you got a lot more winners out there, more people cashing tickets that'll go back and bet the next game. So it's always good for the game. Uh, you know, the people who are penalized is the winners. You know, instead of instead of maybe making nine hundred thousand, you might make seven hundred thousand. So. Uh, for someone like me who doesn't expect to be in the money anyway, much less win a tournament, uh, I'm kind of happy about the whole thing right. that a lot more people are making money. And, and that's the way it should be. It should be for uh, the, the non-professionals to be able to come out, have the experience, play in a professional event, but be able to cash. Right. Yeah, that's, that, I think that's a great change. The, the, hour, the hour changes from 11 to 3. I don't think that's a huge difference, but playing into the money day one, that's a big difference. It changes the whole strategy uh, toward the end of day one. Well, I know that because they're going to pay out, like the Colossus, they're going to pay out, uh, it, get to the money each day. That means 
if you start at 11, you know, you're going to be playing 12 hours. And if you start at the, in the later uh, start at 3 o'clock, you might be playing until 3 or 4 in the morning. Now, if you've got to come back the next day and play, uh, if you're playing, say, the last opening session and you've got to come back, it might be a little tougher to get back to by noon to, to play the next day. Right. Well, you're going to play nine hours of poker, 18 okay. 30-minute right. levels, right. plus the breaks. Okay. Yeah. So not uh, so that's a little bit of an exaggeration on my part of, uh, uh, that you would pay, play past midnight. You would get done probably, you know, 8, 9 o'clock. And if you started at 3 o'clock, uh, you know, you're going into past midnight. So, um, you know, I think you do what you got to do, basically. You know, you know what the deal is. Certainly everybody wants to enjoy Vegas and have a good time out there. But you're out there on business when you're playing poker, and, and you, you set your schedule accordingly. Right. Well, the, and playing into the money means you're going to have a lot more people to enter other uh, other Exactly. Because either they're going to get in the money and try to cash again, or they're not going to make it and they're going to play another one of the, of the day ones. Right, exactly. Okay, you're a local guy here in South Florida, and you have a job. You're not a you're not a full time professional. I I don't know. I guess you would. I think we talked about it last time. Maybe a semi pro would you okay, call yourself. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just a label, and it doesn't really mean anything. But uh, you play the big tournaments. You don't. You're not out there playing four or five days a week, right? No. Uh, th- this year, I've played three tournaments so far. I played okay. two at the Hard Rock and one at, at the Kennel Club. Okay. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened in those events. Uh, you, uh, in January, the Lucky Hearts uh, came around in event number one. You finished 33rd. I was uh, there that day and yep. and talked to you. Uh, you know, it was uh, that was a pretty small buy-in, as I remember. Like, it was. We had over 4,000 people right. in that field. Was that the 150 or the 350? I, I think it was the 350. Was 350 yeah. Had over 4,000 people. Uh, it was a it was a nice first place, uh, a nice payoff, and came into day two really with not a lot of chips and, right. and just ground my way to 33rd. And uh, I'm trying to remember who exactly won that tournament. you remember? No. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Uh, the uh, The next event you played in was just last month at uh, the Palm Beach Kennel Club, and uh, I played the horse event, by the way, uh, early in the uh, tournament. Uh, you just played the main, but right. uh, I love the way they run it up there. I, I think they do a great job. I love the Kennel Club. It's not uh, maybe the, the greatest place for atmosphere or ambiance, but poker-wise, I love going up there. There's no distractions. The, cr- the poker tournaments are run really well, and... I, I used to play there every day in the cash game, so I oh, like going back there now because it's like old old home week when I go back and everybody's there that I haven't seen for a year. Because I only just I only go for the main event. Now, I one of the things we talked about going into that event, and we had uh, Chris uh, from the uh, room down there was on the show with us a few weeks ago, right mm-hmm. before the event. And one of the things there was a little trepidation about was the bad beat jackpot, which was huge. So that means uh, that was heavily driven cash play, and someone. Uh, Asked me last week, did, did they hit that yet? They did. And they did. They hit yeah. it during the, the circuit. Yes. yes, the night before the, the, the main the started. Main. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so the winner got like 300000 or something like that. No, no, that was uh, 178 I think it was. I got the story here. We'll, we'll run it in a little bit. But uh, unbelievable to be sitting at a table and maybe not even being in the hand and winning $12,000. Well, and the way that I heard it, I believe it that it was a 2-5 table. And okay. there was a guy who was there with his girlfriend who was at that table and got up to go play in a 5-10 game. The person who sat in his seat 
hit the bad beat. Oh, why? Wow. Yeah, can you imagine? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the winner, the bad beat winner, uh, who had uh, the lower end of the straight flush, uh, I think he had three at four, and uh, three, four clubs, in the, and uh, was beaten by eight, nine of clubs. Uh, obviously, the five, six, seven out on the board there. It was a two-five game, and so that paid the jackpot of 348000 And so the person with the bad beat ended up getting uh, 174000 and the, the actual winning hand collected 87000 The other seven players took 12000 Oh, that's great. 500000 so great. Yeah, there was a lot of excitement when I went to play the main that had just been hit the night before. Very late, too. I think around midnight. Oh, is that right? Well, that was the cool thing. I mean, it's really got to be great for your room when you're holding tournaments and guys are getting knocked out, and there's no reason for them to go down and have dinner because, you know, you've got to shout the bad beat, so you go right to the cash games, which is just exactly a dream for the poker room director. Sure, and there aren't a lot of rooms that still have bad beats like right. that. Right, right. Been, it had been going for a long time, and uh, uh, there has been one higher, if you're wondering, uh, 504000 back in 2012. Uh, the one here on the 11th of February, the third largest of all time uh, at the at the Kennel Club. So, uh, great event. Uh, I love playing in a horse tournament. <clears throat> and uh, um, tell me about the main, what kind of turnout you thought it was and, and how that uh, yeah, the, shook out. The main was a really good field. Very, when we got down to the last two tables, I looked around and it, it, it was uh, a, a who's who of South Florida at the end. And, of course, Muckle came through. And I played with Muckle most of day two. Uh, I, I like him a lot, respect his game. I was really happy to see him win. If it wasn't going to be me, I was glad that it was Muckle. And uh, Tristan Wade, I know, was at the Tristan final table. Tristan was there. Tristan actually knocked me out. Uh, he did? When we were down to 12, uh, I had about I had about 12 big blinds and pushed in with ace-queen suited. Tristan was in the big blind. Everybody folded. And Tristan thought about it and called with ace jack. And he caught a jack on the turn. Mm. And that knocked me out. And then Tristan ended up uh, finishing seventh. Right. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, as you're getting closer and closer to the final table? Yeah, I was, I was so sure I was going to win it. And I was just relaxed and watching people get knocked out. And I had uh, Tony Roberto. that right. you, you know him. He was to my left. Boston when, Tony. Boston Tony was to my left when we were down to 12. Uh a lot of good players still in. Tough, very tough field. Right. Enjoyable uh, to see some of the guys that we know in South Florida. Well, of course, we're always pulling for guys who have been on the show. Uh, Muckle's been on the show. Tristan's been on the show. I uh, don't think we've had uh, Boston Tony. Uh, still picking on him to try to join me one time. But uh, he, we'll get he him ended up time. going out 10th, which paid the same as 12th. But mm-hmm. I, I think that he, he went out a little more brutal way. He uh, he bluffed off his, his chips on the river and got called, and, and that's a tough way to go out. Yeah, really. You're always thinking, why did I play that hand? Now, Muckle, uh, I think, was kind of the middle of the pack on the final table and uh, and took control, really was the most well-known player at the final table uh, after Tristan went out, obviously. Right. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, here's a guy who was the WPT Player of the Year, yes. uh, not last year, the year before, and, uh, you know, has won major tournaments and that sort of thing, really kind of uh, brought some luster to South Florida poker, uh, and a good guy, too. Uh, what's the feeling when you get down uh, going up, up against a guy like that? Is it intimidating at all for you? No, we played some hands uh, together. I, I mean, I liked having him at the table. He opens a lot of pots, and... For my style of play, that's really good for me to have somebody who's 
who's opening a lot of pots at the table. It creates opportunities for me. So I was happy to be playing with him most of the day. But I have nothing but good things to say about Muckle. Is that, uh, well, you know, $12,000 is not life-changing, obviously. It's, uh, you know, an event, a $1,600 event. So I made a nice payday and, uh, you know, certainly paid your gas money to drive the, the cat Yeah, 14000 for the cash out. Yeah, and nothing, nothing wrong. In the, and again, I would have had to get to ninth to get any more because 11th and 10th oh, right, right. paid the same amount. Yeah, you finished 12th for 14000 Right. Okay. Uh, so, you know, is it just like a, a bump in confidence for you? What does it do for you really? It's, you know, the financial thing is, you know, money comes, money goes. But uh, uh, making a deep run like that, of course, you're disappointed at the time of getting knocked out and not making the final table and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, does it carry over to some of the other events that you, you'll play next? I, I think so. I'm, I can't wait for this event this weekend at the Hard Rock. It's a 560, 400,000 guarantee. I'm sure it'll go to at least 500. So it'll be 100,000 for first. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think that playing in that event and getting to 12th, especially with, the, with that kind of a field, uh, I feel like uh, I'm confident going into the into this event and hopefully I can I can have my turn to win it. Is it, do you feel like uh you know it's a lot of it is just the run of luck uh, the cards you're getting uh are you, is it your confidence level when you're at the table that that means that you're going to be cashing in a lot of more events and that sort of thing? What is it really that uh, is key for for a professional player like you? I think your attitude has a lot to do with it. And not that the cards are going to change, but what you do with your cards is going to be different based on how you're feeling. And if you're confident and you're making the right moves and the right plays with those hands, you're going to get a lot deeper. So I think the luck is really uh, your your preparation and then the opportunity of the cards that you get. If you go into the tournament uh, on tilt or or still thinking about the way that you got knocked out of a previous tournament, I think that you limit your, your chance. The tournaments that I've done really well, I've been very focused and very confident in those events, and, and I got deep. Mm-hmm. And then I've had other tournaments where my mind just wasn't there and I was out in an hour. Right. I think the biggest problem for me in playing tournaments is, is uh, scared money. Uh, I'm the epitome of scared money. Uh, you know, I just worried about, uh, you know, not going to be buying in a bunch of times anyway. So, you know, that's the good thing about tournaments is you kind of set your losses and, you know, you either do well in, in cash or, or make a run or you, you lose the money that you put in. But just to get in tournaments and then think, you know, i got to be careful here. I don't want to blow it early and get knocked out right away. I think it's a huge edge if you are not playing with scared money and you don't have to cash in order to pay your rent or buy food that day because in order to survive the tournament you have to be willing to uh, to lose your chips and at those critical times if the only decision that you have is you have to make sure that you cash you really put yourself at a disadvantage uh, not and then there's also the rebuying. When you have people who know that they can re-enter five, six times in the same event that you're only doing once, that that's also a disadvantage. Yeah. But you really you have to be able to play it and let the money go. Do you but often rebuy or no? I, I try not to. And the three tournaments I've played this year, I'm in on one bullet each tournament. Oh, good. Yeah. That's always good to hear. Uh, staking? You get staked? Uh, I don't know. You, you, I you also try not to get staked. I don't like I, – I, I've been staked lots of times. Okay. And I, I prefer not to. I Does don't it change like, the way you play? Well, I don't like to lose anybody else's money. Right, right. I'm okay if I get knocked out and I put the money in. I, and I hate to lose somebody else's money. But So you play a little tighter men, then, maybe? 
I'm really trying to cash. Yeah, I'm really yeah. trying to make sure that at least they're getting a return on their money, and I, that's not necessarily a good way to play. Yeah. Uh, you have to be willing to to get your chips in the middle and, and have a, sh- a shot to win the tournament, not just cash. So it sounds like people that have staked you are friends or people that you like as opposed to some businessman that you really know that he can afford to drop a Well, bunch. I've had that too. I mean, I had a, a Hollywood uh, a television producer stake me in, in main events, but I still don't like to right. – I'd rather have my own money right. in the tournament. Yeah. Of course, it's always nice when uh, you start to get on a roll and make a couple uh, nice uh, paydays and – and it's all your money. Sure. Yeah. That's very nice. Like yeah. uh, Neil Blumenfield uh, finishing third yes, in the main in the event. Main I mean, here's top. a guy that uh, nobody knew anything about and uh, probably was fairly well-to-do, was a uh, owned uh, software company uh, in the past out in San Francisco. And uh, But he said, you know, it's all my own money, man, $3 million. I don't have to pay anybody else That's anything awesome. out of that, which, yeah. is, which is tremendous. That's great, except for about uh, 40 or 50% yeah, to, uh, to the government. Yeah. Uncle Sam <laughs> got his hand out there. Okay, uh, let's take our first break in the show. I want to get into the World Series of Poker and uh, get Michael's thoughts on, on some of the news that came out yesterday. Everybody uh, uh, probably not really caught up to speed on some of the changes, and I think they work really hard to uh, make the players happy. Uh, you know, There are always complaints, and I think... Uh, there's some situations out there in regards to food and beverage and, and a few other things that maybe uh, rubs people the wrong way from time to time. Uh, people threaten that they're not coming back. But when, it, when it's all said and done, it's still the, the greatest ex- poker experience that there is in this world. I agree. We'll talk more about that when we come back. I do want to tell you about our friends at Gulfstream Park. Uh, a couple of uh, events coming up here, including their March Mayhem Tournament, which is on a Tuesday night, March the 9th. Starts at 7 o'clock, a 160 buy-in with a 7,500 guaranteed prize pool and $100 bounties in this one. You start with 12,000 units. It's kind of tied in with March Madness, uh, basically, the... Games will be being played out there uh, in the following couple of days. So everybody's uh, excited about uh, that time of year. And, of course, it is uh, racing season at Gulfstream Park, some of the best racing around. And uh, just a tremendous place. I don't know. Do you get to play there often? No. I, I, I've played there before, and I, and I like it, but I don't play there often. It's a nice staff. It's a, it's a nice atmosphere. The people are, are good there. You know, you go some places, and it's really cutthroat, and people are... Uh, making fun of you if they don't uh, like your play, uh, if you make a mistake. It probably doesn't happen to you as much as it happens to me, but, uh, you know, uh, sometimes people get on you. And uh, this is not the place there. They don't tolerate that kind of behavior, and uh, I certainly enjoy it. It's uh, located in the back part of the uh, first floor casino, 20 tables in the back room there, and uh, lots of plenty of TVs, nice tables, nice staff, and uh, always a comfortable place to go. And, of course, right now we're in the middle of the racing season. The championship meet coming up this Saturday is the Fountain of Youth Stakes, which is one of the big stakes races the early part of the year uh, as they head down the stretch uh, into April for the Florida Derby, which is uh, always uh, the winner comes out of that and certainly will be one of the favorites in the Kentucky Derby. So uh, great stakes here down the road. Uh, Several stakes races this Saturday, the Fountain of Youth, the Devona Dale, Canadian Turf, the Palm Beach, the Here Comes Bride. There's actually eight stakes races in all. Uh, the smallest uh, purse is 75000 The biggest one is the Fountain of Youth with 400 k So you know that ha- that brings all the, the great trainers, guys like Todd Pletcher and and uh, Nick Zito. And, and, the, and the whole crew is down here for the winter meet. The great jockeys are here, Johnny Velasquez and... Uh, 
uh, all the great jockeys, Bravo, and uh, uh, certainly if you're a horse racing fan, you're going to love the racing out there. But I love the poker room because uh, I always have a good time out there. They have nightly tournaments at uh, 7 o'clock, uh, different buy-ins, so check out the poker room and give them a call, 954-457-6336, if you want information on their schedule out there. A special tournament uh, lined up uh, for Sundays this year. It used to be a $70 event at, at 7 o'clock Sunday nights, but they're going to have a deep stack turbo now on Sundays in March with 15,000 starting units, $100 buy-in, and a 2,000 guarantee. Uh, starts at, once again at 7 o'clock. So give them a call if you want information about the poker room. Uh, they have a big event coming up uh, this weekend as well. Uh, for racing fans mainly, uh, it's called Jockeys and Jeans, where they have uh, a lot of uh, great jockeys from the past come back and make special appearances, a meet and greet before. $50 is the cost uh, for general admission, uh, just 25 for jockeys and former jockeys, so you're a little too tall, I think, to qualify for that. <laughs> uh, you got to be under 5'3", I think, to, to be a jockey. But uh, Lafitte Pincai, uh, Angel Cordero Jr., Edgar Prado, uh, Pat Day are some of the ones that are expected to attend. It's Sunday, uh, the 28th this weekend. Doors open at 12 p.m. and again, $50. It benefits the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund, which it does a great job for a lot of jockeys that have uh, been injured and disabled uh, riding in this great sport. Of course, one of the downsides of, of a beautiful and uh, an exciting sport. But uh, that's all coming up this weekend, uh, February 28th. Jockeys and Jeans uh, call the. Uh, Track at uh, different number uh, 954-457-6201 or go to GulfStreamPark.com to check it out. Uh, racing Thursdays through Saturdays. Get your tickets now. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration, and hope that you will join us 
when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because it usually meant that we did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. Back in the show, Big Dave Lemon along with Michael Tate tonight, uh, having a little conversation in the break and realizing he's uh, a Midwesterner. Good people, Midwesterners. The best, you know? the best people. Both, we're yeah. both from Michigan, we come to find out. Uh, well, went to school there. You went to school there. You weren't born there. But uh, I was actually born there and went to school down here in Miami. So, uh, yeah, Lansing's a great place. My uh, my sister went to Michigan State, so I used to go up to East Lansing to that, see her. That was the first college football game I ever went to. Michigan, Michigan State? It wasn't Michigan, Michigan State. It was, I believe, Minnesota and Michigan State. Nice. But uh, I'll never forget. They had the artificial turf back then. I don't know if they still do. But I can remember walking out. I was maybe six years old or something. And I remember walking through the tunnel out to the stadium and the, the feeling of exhilaration of seeing that for the first time as a kid is just something else. But uh, and now I do a lot of college football uh, and make travel to uh, different games and stuff like that. So uh, comparing notes in some of the places you've been, I've been to Stanford. I did a Stanford Notre Dame game about four years ago. Uh, my buddy does play-by-play. Uh, Dave Lamont does play-by-play for uh, ESPN and ABC. And uh, don't usually go out west that much. But uh, another great trip. I have so much fun on those trips. Uh, flew into. Uh, uh, San Jose and uh, got the rental car and uh, drove down to Big Sur and uh, right, that's and, great. Uh, Half Moon and all that and and it just made a really nice trip out of it and then came back to uh, Palo Alto. And, and then what do you do? There. You broadcast the game? Well, I work as a spotter for him, so when the game is on, I'm actually standing behind him, pointing out tacklers and and stuff that he's he has a million things coming through his headset and right. watching, and he concentrates mainly on the ball and I. Kind of, uh, you know, give him some information about the other things that he's able to work into his spiel, which is uh, really a talent in itself. Uh, you know, there's so many people that are broadcasters that cannot handle people talking to them while they're speaking and right. lose their train of thought, and he is just phenomenal at it. But anyway, uh, just a little sidelight there. Good but for I, you. I've always wanted to go back to Michigan State uh, and see my childhood home, and uh, I just had a relative from up there that, that just passed away last week, and. Uh, and, and I always felt bad that I wasn't able to go back and see some of the things, even though I left when I was 11 years old. It was, uh, you know, uh, a nice childhood and some place I'd like to go back and see some of those things, which let's, are never the l- same. Let's go know. next year. We'll do the Michigan-Michigan okay. State game. Okay. I have done one game at Michigan. Uh, I, don't even, I think it was Michigan and Illinois. Uh, but right. uh, I have been to the big house. And uh, uh, when you get games up there, it's it's really a lot of fun. It's, uh such a great atmosphere, college football. Right. My high school graduation was in the big house. Oh, was That's it? That's where we had our graduation. Wow. Yeah. 103,000 there for that? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest stadiums I've ever been Yeah. for sure. Okay, let's get to, uh, oh, one thing I wanted to bring up here. Uh, we were talking about the Lucky Hearts, and, and I didn't get to it before the break. And I wanted to ask you about a particular hand uh, simply because uh, I know it was something I never could have done. As it turned out, uh, we don't know exactly what happened with a hand, and I can't remember all the particulars, but 
you had mentioned to me that, that you had pocket queens, and you folded them uh, before the flop, I think, right. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there were two other players still in the hand, and they were both larger stacks than you. Right. Uh, I'm sure that had something to do with your decision, but uh, you just kind of had a really strong feeling that one of them might have had pocket aces or kings, and, and maybe both. Uh, so it's not easy to fold that kind of hand. What was your thought process? Do you remember? Yeah, that? and I used to do when when I was doing a lot of uh, coaching. I would coach people to play queens like they were sixes. That um, it, there's no reason to lose all of your chips with queens or jacks, which is a tough hand for people to play. If you have a, a, a read on your table, and in that particular hand when there was a raise and a re-raise, and I'm probably looking at a hand that's either better than mine or maybe even ace king. And I can pick a better spot is the whole strategy of that. So even if I happen to only have one of those two hands be better than mine and the other one was, was not as good, I could still find a better spot where I'm an 80-20 favorite or 70-30 favorite instead of getting my money in maybe 50-50 when I don't have to. Are you worried about ace-king in that spot? Well, I mean, that, obviously, two overcars easily could draw to a pair uh, that would beat you. But right. At different times of the tournament, you may want to take a flip, and other times, if you think that it's going to be a race, you're better off folding. There have been a lot of tournaments where I've where I've laid down ace king suited preflop because it just wasn't a spot that I wanted to race against even a small pair, twos, threes, whatever the person had. So it just depends. And then sometimes you're looking for that chance to race because that's the best spot that you're going to get, and you get your money in. Hoping that you're that you're fifty fifty. When you're when you're playing like that, and uh, you know, obviously, it, I'm always shocked to see how many times someone gets knocked out of a tournament. You know, with a premium hand like queens, or you know, and, and maybe not not the best hand ever, like you say. Uh, but for a player like me, I mean, I would never fold something like that, and probably in any situation. Right. I'll give you a good example. When we were talking about the uh, Coconut Creek tournament with Tony, our good friend Tony over at the Hard Rock, uh, when we were, it, I was playing in that tournament, we were not even in the money yet. We were, in, we were close to the money, but not in. And I was on the button with Ace-10 suited. Everybody folded to me. I only have the small blind and the big blind left. That's a hand that for sure you're going to raise with, right? right? I laid it down. The Small blind called and the big blind called. Just checked. The flop came ace, ace, ten. Oh. I was kicking myself, yeah. thinking, what did I just do? It went check, check on the flop. The turn is a queen. There was a small bet on the turn and a call. The river was a king. There was another small bet and a call, and the guy had ace, queen, hit his full house, bigger full house, which he would have never wow. folded, and I laid down what looked like the absolute nuts, Be I would have gotten knocked out of the tournament with that hand, and instead of that, I got to, I got to uh, the final table and we chopped. Wow, that is amazing. So it, the tournaments that I have gotten deep, every single one of those tournaments, I can go back and tell you a hand that, not a hand that I played that got me there, but a hand that I laid down, which would have cost me all my chips. The queens in that spot was probably that hand. Is, so is there, is there satisfaction in that? Oh, it's great satisfaction. I, more than than winning a big hand. Oh uh, yeah, laying down a hand that you would have lost all your chips. You now feel like you're free rolling the tournament because yeah. you would have been out. Yeah. So now anything that you do after that is is great. That's awesome. Do you remember hands uh, 
for a long time? I mean, can you go back? This tournament I had a hand there. This, I mean, do you are you are you the uh, type of memory have that photographic memory that remembers those things? I remember hands. I also remember hands that I played against Cause I certain people. I have I have a really good memory for a lot of things, but when I play poker, I I can't even recount the hand the next day sometimes. Right. You should write them down. Give I yourself should. An expel you know, Excel I, I should. I would be. I would be much it's better very for the show. Va- I know that. It's but. very valuable. So yeah, if you would write it down for the show, you'd be able to know exactly what happened, who bet, what the flop was, everything, and it, it's much more interesting as well as accurate when you're talking about it for the show. Yeah. But it's very valuable to go back and look at the hands that you played, whether you won or lost, and that's how you constantly improve your game right. and against the people that you played with you never know like i played against a lot you of keep people notes about players oh sure you go home at the end of the night or do you walk I, out on a break and write stuff down? i, I no? you know everybody has a phone these days that they can write yeah. notes on so you're going to see players at the table that you might think they're texting somebody a lot of times they're making notes on players and when i used to play i got that habit playing online because when i used to play on party poker years ago when when uh, it was the heyday for online for me anyway, party poker, I had notes on eight or 900 players online, mm. and I knew who I wanted to play wow. against and who I wanted to avoid yeah. and how they played. And, and so I got into the habit of keeping notes on players. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, that, I, I think that's the main reason why I know I'll probably never be uh, that kind of a player and that serious about it. Because, uh, like Joe will ask, like, I'll have a hand. And I'll, I'll try pretty hard to remember I'll even write a lot of it down, but some, then we'll come back to the show, and I'll be recounting the hand, and Joe will say something like, uh, what were the blinds, or something like that, and I'll, because uh, <laughs> I just don't have that poker, right. that poker experience, that try, poker try, try it once, just writing the note, like yeah. as if you were doing a blog, like you, know, like you see them doing on the tone, and it might be very valuable for you. Yeah. Well, I've written blogs. I could do that. Right. But I have to do I it think immediately. That, I think that patience in the tournament, though, is yeah. number one. You ha- you're going to have spells where you don't get any cards and just can't do anything. And, uh, it, it's a very easy spot for players to lose all their chips because they get impatient. Right. If you can get through those spots, and, again, those are going to be some hands where you'll lay down that will save your tournament, that's a huge key. Michael Tate is my guest, a uh, professional player and uh, local here in South Florida. And... Uh, uh, obviously, you've been around the scene for a while, you know, uh, playing serious major poker for, I guess, 10, 12, 15 years. More. More than that. <laughs> I don't want to date you here or anything, but uh, certainly it's been a big part of your life. Uh, what are your goals from here out? I mean, uh, you know, obviously everyone wants to win a bracelet to maybe make a big cash, a big splash against uh, nationally known players out the World Series. Is that your goal? or? Uh, well, I, I, as you know from my caches, I think my largest cache is around 40000 I'm going to have a six-figure cache this year. And, I, and as far as a goal, a seven-figure uh, win in a tournament and a televised uh, WPT final table, those, um, those are on my bucket list for sure. How important is that to you, the playing on TV part of it? Well, I've played on TV. I've played tournaments on featured TV. Featured table at uh, I've World I've been Series. featured table um, in WSOP circuit events when they were still televising circuit events. That's dating me also. But back when Daniel Negrano and I were on a featured table back in, in Tunica in 2006, I believe okay. it was. And uh, I've been on TV for tournaments. I've also played cash games on tournaments. We played in a, a cash poker uh, at, at the Binion's that was filmed. 
and I'm comfortable on TV. I have no problem at all playing and showing my cards. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to do that at a WPT final table. Of course, it's not just the money, but I, I definitely want to be at one of those final tables. Do you, uh, do you crave the fame? No, and it's not about the fame. I used to maybe maybe playing uh, so that your friends can watch and that sort of thing. Is no, that it's, part of it at it's all? selfish. I just w- I want it I want it for me because kind of uh, like my stake in the ground for all the years that I've put in playing, and, and I want to know that I did that. Right. Yeah. And if you don't, uh, there's another tournament the next <laughs> month. I'll try again. I mean, I always I always <laughs> think about Dan Marino who played in the Super Bowl in his rookie season and uh, never went back and right. and uh you know, certainly doesn't diminish the great career that he had and uh the exciting things he second year, okay. Uh was like 84. Yeah, he was drafted in 83. So, uh you know, uh a lot of people measure their careers by that sort of thing. Are you satisfied with the fun that you've had, with the experiences that you've had, or, or you, you obviously still think the best is yet to come? But uh, I do. Are you happy with what's happened thus far? Absolutely. I, I had a lot of fun playing in cash games and tournaments. Played with a lot of great people. Met great people doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you included. This is. I would never be on the radio if it wasn't for the right. for the poker. But, but for myself, I, I I want that. Yeah. Well, I hope you get it. Yeah, should be great. Could get it this weekend. I could get the <laughs> six-figure cash at the Hard Rock. You'll be the first to know. I did want to mention that because uh, you mentioned Tony. Tony Burns is uh, is uh, now the uh, tournament director over at the Seminole yeah, Hard Rock. Yeah, so I'm happy for him. After a pretty long career at the Isle Casino as a tournament director, then he went back to just dealing toward the end of that career. Right. Uh, had uh, a couple of babies, and, and it changes your life and your focus a lot of times. Was looking for some better hours. And then came upon this job now where he... Uh, uh, a tremendous decision, in my opinion, by the Hard Rock, because not only is Tony loved, but he's a great poker mind and and a great organizer as well. But he came up with this idea that they're playing this Escalator series, four consecutive weeks. It start off with a 150, then a 250, then a 350, and now the tournament you mentioned is a 560 coming up this week, 400k guarantee. And I guess uh, <clears throat> if you finish in the uh, uh, final table, you get a ticket into the following week's event. So they really are connected. Right, and then in the top two, you get a seat into the 3500 event in April. So that's obviously uh, something that's uh, pretty enjoyable. But uh, you played in one of the other ones. Uh, but yeah. is it something like uh, you really wanted to play in all four? No, I, I really was only going to play the 560. But I played last week in the 350 because it worked out schedule-wise. Made it to day two with uh, about nine big blinds, and then uh, got knocked out early in in day two. Right. Uh, jacks against ace eight. Do you ever tell somebody I got knocked out and by doing something stupid? Absolutely. If I did, will you tell people? Well, that? You can all, you, I, when you when I talk to people, when I have, I, I have a lot of people, and I've had them on the show, and and they become friends and everything. But it seems like every time they tell me they get knocked out, it's it's not their fault. Right. Well, when you get <laughs> when you get knocked out, there's very few ways to get knocked out. You either got you either got a bad beat, lost a race. Or you did something stupid. That's the only ways you're getting that. But I never out. hear the stupid part. Yeah. No, I've done some stupid things before. <laughs> I've, I, I've done some things where I got most of my money in with uh, ace rag, caught the rag part of it on the flop, got all in, and I was up against an overpair and, and just out. That's you know that's a silly way to go out. But uh, it is what it, it is what it is. This tournament, 
jacks against uh, Ace Eight, and and the other player caught a flush on the river, and, and I was out. Yeah. But this weekend, there will be the guarantees four hundred thousand. They will get at least five hundred thousand. It'll be a six-figure cash for first place, and I have my eye on first. They have actually uh, six flights in this event: uh, two on Thursday, eleven a.m. and six p.m. That's the 25th, which is actually tomorrow as we do the show here. Uh, Friday, same times, 11 and 6, flights C and D, and then two more on Saturday. Then they'll come back for day two on Sunday. Well, if you want to come join me, come play the tournament with me, and we'll both hopefully make yeah, uh, Sunday. Yeah, is a little too pricey for me, I think. Okay. Talk about scared money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I did want to promote that for uh, Tony, who has uh, obviously been able to uh, come up with some good ideas, and, and they're they're open to it. I know that uh, I don't know if you saw it, but on Poker News just came out a big feature story on Bill Mason, uh, the director of poker operations there, right. and uh, an interview with him on the site, and uh, he mentions that he and Tony will be going out to. Uh, uh, I guess some big. Uh, oh, it's the uh, the po- American Poker Awards, which is this weekend. So I don't know if Tony's going to be there. He may be back for the end of it. But uh, the American Poker Awards is put on by the GPI, and it's kind of like the Oscars of poker. Uh, they did it last year. This is the second year, and that's also tied in with the Global Poker League draft, which is tomorrow night as well. Right. So. Uh, they are headed out there because Bill Mason is abs- actually uh, nominated for one of the awards. Oh, wow. So Good for him. him. We'll talk a little bit about that I hope he, I hope he wins. Yeah, but Tony, Tony's a great guy, and he's a player's director, so the tournaments are, are great because they're always with the player in mind. Right. Yeah, that was a tremendous hire, in my opinion. So, um, Obviously, uh, they are killing it there. Uh, you know, They uh, have a tremendous... Uh, about 10 days of, of tournaments coming up in April that will be bringing the national focus once again. They always have their Seminole Hard Rock Showdown, which you play in IPS every yes, year. Yes, I'll play in that. And then the following week is the new idea that they have, the Tournament of Champions, which uh, in the past the, the season-ending championship was at the Borgata. Now this year they're coming and they're going two separate weeks, and I'm sure they'll tie in that uh, Poker Night in America uh, who they come down and shoot uh, lots of programs there as well. So uh, really... Uh, Got to be thrilling for you as a longtime South Florida player to see what's happened to this town on the poker map. Yeah, and it's it's great to be able to play an event like that locally without needing a hotel or exactly. a, or a plane ticket, and it's 15 minutes to drive to the Hard Rock and and have an amazing tournament. And so many tournaments in April that you have a choice of the 3500. There's a 10k, the 15k. There's so much so much to choose from. Yeah, I think they're going to try to tie in uh, later in the year. They're going to try those. I wasn't a big fan of it, but uh, when they had the four final tables going at the same time, right? Uh, I've talked uh, about that on the show before, and I, I didn't think it really worked out, especially for people who like to view those events when their friends are in it. But uh, you know, it just divides up the attention so much. But uh, certainly a great idea for TV coverage, and uh, they got some good uh, exposure out of that. So we'll see what happens with that this year. But uh, again, uh, look forward to uh, April every year because of that. It's yes. such a fun time. Great event. In South Florida. Okay, we'll take another break on the show uh, for our, everybody waiting for the uh, World Series of Poker discussion. I promise that'll come back right after the break, and we'll talk about what's coming up this year. We've got a good long final segment to uh, discuss that. But, uh, again, I want to tell you about my friends at Gulfstream Park. Uh, racing season going on right now. they got a fun uh, <clears throat> Breakfast at Gulfstream uh, morning, Saturday mornings. Uh, it's uh, on the stretches uh, barbecue and tiki area. 
Uh, great for the whole family. They have uh, characters uh, uh, there to entertain the kids. Uh, what do they got this week? They got the uh, the Blue Monster is going to be there, by the way, uh, coming up this weekend. So Saturday morning from 7 to 10 a.m., uh, $10 per person, uh, breakfast buffet, and kids under three eat free. So bring the family. Uh, who knows, maybe get them on the back of one of the horses, maybe the experience of a lifetime for them. They have it's a tram tour that goes through the backstretch and uh, the kind of things that are behind the scenes there. They have giveaways and prizes, and you can talk to some of the great jockeys, trainers, and uh, um, all kinds of people that uh, are involved with putting on the racing season. Check it out at GulfstreamPark.com. Uh, if you want to take the tram tour, make sure you get there before 9.30, but 7 to 10 is the time period and the characters uh, start entertaining the kids beginning at 8.30. But uh, certainly a great day at the track. And with the Fountain of Youth Stakes this week, they have the coasters giveaway, the jockey coasters, uh, which should be a lot of fun. And it uh, should be a big crowd with a lot of uh, a lot of people and a lot of fun. Uh, but also there's a great poker room. If you like racing and maybe check out a few races, maybe it's not your best day there. Maybe you go to the table and win some of that money back at the table. Great cash games. Got a very juicy uh, 1025 uh, Omaha game there on a regular basis if you're so interested in that sort of thing. Or you can hang around and watch your racing all day, go have dinner, and then play in a 7 o'clock tournament. Uh, certainly an, an option there as well. But uh, it's Gulfstream Park. It's certainly one of the jewels of South Florida as far as entertainment, sports, and excitement go. It's located south part of Broward County, 901 South Federal Highway in Hallandale Beach. Easy to get to from all parts of South Florida. It's Gulfstream Park. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet. It will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration, and hope that you will join us 
and the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. I always wanted to be a fireman, a pilot, a teacher. But the rising cost of college was a big reality check. That's why I joined the National Guard. The Guard gives me money for college. So I can go to school full-time and fly part-time. My unit helps out after a natural disaster hits. So I get to help people just like I always wanted. There's no bigger rush than being a firefighter in the Guard. Than flying a Blackhawk. Than leading my squad. Thanks to the Guard, I'm becoming who I always wanted to be. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask us how much you'll receive towards your college expenses. Welcome back to the show. Final segment, Big Dave Lemon along with Michael Tate. Uh, always have fun when Michael comes into the studio, and uh, Joe will be back next week. He's uh, out of town, but uh, I did want to get into the World Series of Poker. By the way, uh, I looked up the uh, that tournament that you at the Hard Rock, and it was Ty Ha was the winner. Oh yeah, I think he was at your table when he, when you played that hand. Yes, might have been one of those players. Yes, he was. He was. He was. I think in seat three and right, I was in right, eight. Right. Yeah. And Raminder Singh finished second. I don't know if he was at that table as well. Uh, looking at a couple other names that finished in the final table: uh, Jordan Meltzer, pretty well known. Yeah, good player. And David Prosiak, who finished like second, I think, uh, in one of the major tournaments, like maybe the Rock and Roll Poker Open. I think he finished second in that one. So. Anyway, T.J. Schulman, 16th. Okay, good for him. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's get to the World Series of Poker uh, at the Rio, of course, as usual. Uh, starts May 31st through July 18th. And a few changes this year. I want to get you some of your ideas. First of all, the Colossus comes back with a $7 million prize pool, a $1 million for first. That fixes a few problems right there. Right. That that last year, one of the biggest complaints that the players had was there was about an eleven million dollar prize pool, and it was about six hundred and fifty thousand for first place. Uh, for an eleven million prize pool, you would expect it to be at least uh, a million and a half to two million. It was six hundred and fifty thousand. So they changed that this year. Last year it was a five million guarantee. This year it's seven million. Uh, which they'll obviously blow that away, and this year it's a million guaranteed for first. Also, 15% of the field getting paid, and also uh, the day ones being played into the money. Which means when people get knocked out, uh, when they start playing down to the money, uh, you know, there'll be people cashing out maybe that night. Uh, not a whole lot, but you won't have everybody on day two when they start hit the money and everybody's in line at the same right. time. Right. One of the things that happens when you have a big tournament like that. Once the bubble breaks, you have a huge line of people as everybody's getting knocked out, and you're waiting a long time, and you just got knocked out, you're steaming, you're on tilt. The last thing you want to do is be waiting in right. line. So this way you can cash out that night or the next day whenever you want, and, and there won't be a line. And plus you got all the people that bought in, which you can't do this year, and uh, you weren't too happy about that. But uh, last year they had four opening sessions, uh, two days, uh, two each day, and you could actually go and, and put yourself into all four days. Right. And then if you got uh if you went deep into day two on the first one or the second one, then the ones that you didn't play you get end up getting your money back for. Right. Well and this year because you play into the money, if you get into the money the first day, you could have the option to play another day and get into the money again. Now this time they said you could actually you know, technically you could you could get six day two stacks, right? Well you would if have you to played all six you would have to surrender your stack. Okay. Though. Oh, is that? But you case? would still, but you would still cash in the oh, event. Oh, you cash, so you could yeah. cash six times. Yeah, you could. Conceivably. You could. Not me, of course, but. 
If I cash, but it's good. You're going to have a lot of people that are going to cash, and it totally changes the strategy at the end of day one when you are playing into the money because you have the the bubble and all of the play that goes on. So it's a chance to accumulate a lot of chips to go into day two instead of just uh, maybe folding for the last 15 minutes because you know day two is coming and you're not in the money yet right. and you're and you're surviving. This way, you're going to have a lot of aggressive play at the end of of the day. Right. As the head for the bubble. Yes. Uh, Great chance to pick up a stack. You feel like you're a good uh, bubble player? I, I I like the bubble. Yeah. Yeah, I like to be able to exploit the bubble. And, of course, it depends on my chip stack. Sometimes I'm just putting my head down. Sometimes and, you're getting exploited. Right. And I'm exploited. They're raising and I'm folding, and I'm just waiting till the bubble breaks before I take my shot. But if I have chips, I'm looking to pick up a lot of chips during that time when uh, when maybe five or six people at the table are, are just looking to cash. I think last April or May you were on the show and you kind of encouraged me. Hey, why don't you go? Why don't you play out there? Now I was out there, and I did not play, uh, but it was a great experience. I got to see firsthand all everything we talked about as far as people unhappy about uh, you know being in line, and they actually it wasn't really their fault, but they had a serious computer breakdown uh, in the caching machines when people were in line and it were down for like maybe three hours. So. So people were very angry. A lot of people said they wouldn't come back. Uh, but you think that they will come back now a year later? Yeah. It'll be more than 22,000 this year? I, I don't know. It, it could be. With but six I, sessions? I, yeah, absolutely. With with another extra day and two more sessions. I think people are going to come back because of the, the guarantee, the 15%. Uh, when you look at the schedule, it the Colossus is around some other tournaments. It's always good to look at the schedule and see other events that you would want to play, either the Millionaire Maker or the Monster Stack or other events that are in the price range that you want to play, 1000 or 1500 And you can kind of figure out the, the week or two that you want to be out there. Uh, while you're out there, of course, win your seat for the main in a satellite or a single table and then come back for the main. So it's it's always good to look at the schedule and see what else is around the tournament. How does that involve your work schedule and how much time do you spend out there? For me, it's always a a, a last-minute decision and it depends how I'm doing. I've had uh, trips where I went out for a week and then came back for the main and I've had trips where I stayed out for seven weeks. It just depends on on how it's going. And if you are out there for seven weeks, what do you do for living conditions? I usually stay at the Rio. You do? Yeah. I know everybody else would say rent a place, get a house or an apartment or whatever, but I actually like the Rio. and I, I do like the Rio also. I, I like being able to stay in the place where I'm playing so that uh, I can go right back to my room. And A uh, little tip for people if they're going out there for, to, to avoid the long lines when when you're on a break and everybody's heading to the bathroom or the restaurant, if you go to the first bathroom that you find, you're going to have a long line because it's the easiest place for people to go to. Right. If you're willing to walk three or four minutes to a bathroom that's further away, you, you won't have the same weight. Right. So I always recommend that people just take a little walk anyway. It's good for you on the break. Walk three or four minutes to a, a little further bathroom. There's no there's no uh, line. And also with restaurants, the same thing. Everybody's going to go to the first place that they can get something to right, eat right of course if you're staying there you just go up to your room you can if you have enough time <laughs> yeah they have a great buffet over at the rio and uh they, of course they have uh, phenomenal cash games during the world series yeah absolutely uh, we'll talk about that hopefully in just a minute uh but uh i did see a note here that uh rooms start at 69 dollars uh and i remember last year when i went to book my room there it was too much it was about 150 a night and i ended up staying at the palms 
which was nice. I had a good time there, and uh, it was a nice experience. But uh, I think if you plan ahead, you know, like for you, you can't do that. It's not. But people know that they're going. If you don't procrastinate and wait till the very end, you can get some really nice deals on rooms and the, the other Caesars properties as well on the Strip. You can. You can get great deals. And if you wait till the end, that same room that sixty nine dollars is going to be four ninety nine, and you're going to you're going to pay through the nose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably when I said one fifty, you probably thought, oh, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, one fifty sounds great. <laughs> Uh, and that was early, but uh, they do have some good things, and, and you can go to their uh, reservations page. If you look at the article that we're uh, talking about, there's a lot of information on uh, Poker News, also on uh, Card Player, and you can find out uh, some of the great information on uh, what the tournaments are going to be. Uh, just looking here, $69 a night is the beginning rate for uh, Sunday through Thursday. So, uh, obviously, sometimes when you've got to take a flight, you need to stay over a Saturday. So, that doesn't always work out. But uh, Caesars owns uh, lots of different places. So Caesars Palace, Planet Hollywood, Paris, uh, the Flamingo, Las Vegas, uh, Bally's, and the Link. You know, there's all kinds of things. With uh, prices for WSOP players as low as 149 to 120 a night. So, they have a reservations page on uh, WSOP.com website, and you can check that out. Uh, are you an online player at all? Not anymore. No. Would you? Uh, that was one of the fun things for me last year. Uh, with the first year that the WSOP.com being able to play online out there during the event, uh, when I was at the press table, a lot of times I was just playing tournaments and keeping an eye on things and and, and taking my breaks from the tournament to uh, go cover an event that was out there and maybe interview a couple of players, that sort of thing. But I actually uh, actually won a small event. And uh, ended up uh, clearing, uh, I think my profit was about $550. Uh, That's great. At the end, so I came back and and uh, cashed out uh, part of it and left a little bit in. So if I go this year, I'll have a little bit to play Very with. Very good. But uh, that was a lot of fun as well. So, uh, you know, I had missed uh, the years that the online play was, uh, you know, part of, a little bit part of my life. Not a huge part, but, uh, and it's just not the same plan for, for play chips. No. <laughs> Which I do now, occasionally. Anyway, let's look at a couple of the events here. Of course, I, I mentioned that it starts on May 31st. The first tournament actually is the uh, Casino Tournament, Casino Employees Tournament, which is June 1st. Uh, that kicks off kind of everything. Uh, they'll start taking a lot of the warm-up tournaments and that sort of thing on May 31st. But um, the Casino Employees Tournament is, is traditionally the first one. Get that out of the way. And then Colossus is event number two. Uh, we mentioned the $7 million guaranteed prize pool. First place is a million, and you mentioned uh, Cord Garcia was the winner last year, won 650000 And I was there when the announcement came out on the floor when they're into day two and people are playing, and they announced the prize uh, structure, and the people went batshit. Right. <laughs> they really did. It was, uh, it was crazy, and uh, some people got over it, some people didn't. Uh, but they did uh, realize that the major problem that they made last year was not announcing that ahead of time. Of course, that probably would have cost them a number of players. They wouldn't have made 22000 But uh, I thought they faced the music very very nicely. Uh, I did about a 10-minute interview with Seth Polanski, and uh, we carried it on the show a couple of times last year. And, uh, you know, he admitted that they made a few mistakes and that they were going to try to straighten them out. It seems like they have. I think they have, and I think that a lot of people are going to cash, which is really good for poker. The more people that cash in the event, 
it's not great for the person who wins because he's going to win less. But for everybody else who cashes, it'll bring them back again, and, and, and it makes it fun for them and enjoyable to actually have a chance. 15% is, is a huge difference from yeah, 10. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, several new events. There's actually eight new events. There'll be 69 bracelet events this year. Uh, you know, you, a lot of your favorites are back, and, uh, you know, things that work, they keep, but they also add a few other things. There's going to be a, a 565 PLO tournament with reentry. That's uh, kind of interesting. That's event number 12. Uh, there'll be a mixed triple draw low ball, which uh, combines three games. Uh, I don't know. Do you play mixed games much? No, not very, not very much. Uh, they'll have a limit ace through five. They'll have a deuce seven and a badoogie uh, as part of the three games. That's a $2,500 buy-in. Uh, lots of mixed things, like a uh, mixed no limit hold'em with pot limit Omaha. So combining some of the popular games, there'll be big O in a certain in a certain event as part of a. Uh, three mixed games, Pot Limit Omaha 8, Omaha 8, and Big O. Uh, there'll be a Crazy 8 this year. No 777 tournament, but an $888 tournament, which is eight-handed and uh, guarantees $888,888 for first place. Great, great event to have a short-handed table for less than $1,000. It's amazing. Something new. The first time uh, in a sub-$1,500 event that will be short-handed. So, uh, uh, I'm not completely clear as to the different strategies of the different games, but do you prefer six-handed to nine-handed? No, I prefer nine-handed. Okay. Yeah. Why? Well, six-handed, you're playing a lot more hands, and the blinds are coming around faster. So uh, my strategy works better with a nine-handed table, but eight-handed is, is fine also. Uh, six-handed is a, is a very different very different tournament. Yeah. Well, someday maybe I'll learn one. Okay. <laughs> strategy. <laughs> I'm not sure if I will or not. Uh, there's there's kind of a new event that I thought was kind of unique. It's uh, called the $1,000 buy-in Top-Up Turbo No Limit. It's a, a two-day event, and you can actually play in on a $55 single-table satellite, not only at the Rio, but also online to get yourself into this event. And uh, prior to the event, you can... Uh, boost your stack to double the starting chips by playing in one of those, uh, by qualifying on one of those oh satellites. Boy. Okay. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, very interesting. I don't know what kind of a draw they're going <laughs> to get for people who are going to pay the full entry to get what might amount to half of the starting stack of, right. of other people. Yeah. I, I don't know. There could be some backlash on that one. Yeah. Uh, the place is paid. Uh, happy with that 15% Yes, I think it's great. Simply because of the churn, uh, I think it gets people to play more events. It's uh, going to really create a lot of extra excitement, I think. Yeah, I think that money comes right back into the into the tournament pool in the poker world. So uh, the, the more the more people getting paid, the better. Uh, one of the exciting things for you uh, that you mentioned to me that you really liked was that they'll have 50000 in starting chips for the all the 10000 buy-in events, including the main uh, event. Love that. Love to have more chips. Absolutely. Um, so that's five times the buy-in amount, so uh, pretty nice. Uh, there will be some uh, changes in the structures, so uh, certainly not an exact science, but they'll need to change things. Uh, some of the uh, um, the blind sketch structure and that sort of thing will be accelerated to get some of these things done. Right, so instead of having the 100, 200, and then, and then the 1, 2 with a quarter, they'll just have the 1, 2 with a quarter. 
Registering for only one flight at a time is going to be a difference, uh, especially in those multi-entry events like the Colossus and the, the Millie Maker and uh, the Crazy Eights, that sort of thing. You can only register for one flight at a time in advance. Uh, you're not liking that. No, I, I, but I guess that they know what they're doing, so they're going to make it easy for you to register when you're there. Just last year, if they would have done that, I think that would have that would have caused a lot of problems. I know last year, uh, Perry Shaw, I'm sure you're familiar with. Right. Uh, he's been on the show and uh, won the uh, Monster Stack last year. Right. So he'll be back to defend that title, I'm sure. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, the South Florida players have, over the last couple of years, have really made their mark. Made their mark. Yeah, we have a lot of talented players here in South Florida. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Millionaire Airmaker is actually uh, event number 14 with a $1,500 buy-in. Uh, the winner guaranteed a million dollars. Also, the runner-up guaranteed a million dollars. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, but just a single re-entry. If you enter flight A and eliminated, you can enter flight B, but that's it. Uh, they will have the seniors event, which is a $1,000 buy-in. That is on uh, June 17th. The super seniors, which is 65 and up. Seniors is 50 and up. 65 and up for super seniors is on the 19th. Uh, they'll have a new tournament called the Summer Solstice. Right, that's a that's interesting. That's a very, very long levels, ninety minute levels. Celebrating the longest day of the year is basically the point there. Uh, kind of a working into some social things, but uh, ninety minute levels, five day tournament. They, they must just sit around a table like at a lot of uh, admin uh, and meetings think of what and, they and can do come, next. Yeah, think of the different things. Some of them work, some of them don't. Right. Um, how about the uh, the social situations there, as far as like food and breaks and bathrooms? You mentioned your tip on the bathroom there, but uh, do you think that they've maybe uh, gone a little over the top on charging for food and that sort of thing there? I mean, obviously they want to make money and there's right. lots of other aspects in the business, but uh, some people have uh, been unhappy and, and said they're not going to spend as much time out there this year. Because of the cost of the food? Yeah, the cost. I think, you know, overall, in general, Vegas food has gotten expensive. It used to be 4 or $5 for a meal, and, and now you pay 40 or $50. But the Rio has a really nice buffet. There are a lot of options other than uh, than just getting something at the snack bar. But if you're at the snack bar and you want to grab something, you're going to pay probably $3 for a banana. Yeah. I remember 250 last year. Yeah. I thought that was pretty outrageous. <laughs> but uh, uh, who knows? We don't have to pay so much for gas anymore, so maybe we, uh, maybe we could feed bananas into our the, the gas tank of our maybe car. Maybe the price will go down. Who knows? <laughs> but I, I think that uh, it, you're paying for convenience there. Uh, the uh, Poker Players Championship is back. Uh, it is event number 55. It starts on July 3rd at 3 p.m., a six-handed event uh, with eight different variants, eight different games. They'll also have the uh, dealer's choice, six choice of 16 different games. Do you like the, You don't like those? No, I wouldn't play that event. Would you ever uh, try to reinvent yourself as a mixed game player at some point, do you think? I don't think at this point I would. Do, not Certainly not in a 50 Can't teach an old dog new tricks? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, they have a, a fun event this year called the Tag Team, which yes. is... Uh, Two or four players on a team. I like that. I mean, idea. you're in a group called SoFlow Poker with right. a lot of guys and a lot of really good players, and you, you guys could put together a very solid team. Uh, either two, three, or four players on the team. Um, each member has to play at least one round of blinds, and the other players wait outside the ropes. You can sub in as desired, and if you happen to win, all four of you or all 
both of you. Everybody uh, gets a bracelet. Everybody gets a, a bracelet. Ring. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Uh, they also have a high roller eight-handed PLO event, $25,000 buy-in at the end. Uh, there will be a ladies' championship with the same uh, rules as the last couple of years. A 10000 buy-in, but if you're a lady, you get 90% off. So it's just a $1,000 buy-in for the ladies, and it keeps a bunch of dorks from uh, entering and uh, trying to make jackasses out of themselves. <laughs> Uh, that is July 8th. Uh, the main event uh, kicks around at uh, with three three days, three starting flights, uh, July 9th, 10th, and 11th. That's a little bit later than usual. It's, it's it been uh, right after the 4th of July the last couple of years. Right, and only three day ones. Three day ones. Uh, they did have four at one point. Uh, I think they went with two for many years, and then they started adding in the last couple of years. It's been three, so... Uh, 11 o'clock start times, uh, a lot of the start times have been moved up, so uh, people are going to have to get out of bed and not, uh, not party that extra hour at night. Do you, uh, when you go out there, say like the seven weeks, uh, do you break up your time with uh, entertainment, shows, uh, clubs? Not clubs. I try drinking? To, I, not drinking. You're not, I try a, to, you're not a drinker no, at all? Not a drinker, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't party. Uh, I do break it up with some shows sometimes and definitely some good food. And just walking down the strip, uh, having a good time? Sometimes uh, I've gone, taken a trip to the mountains. Oh, have you? Uh, or done yeah. something to get out of the casino. Right. Yeah. Get out of town. Usually a lot of great I'm, stuff I'm either in the poker room, the buffet, or my room. Okay. Uh, what, what's your, you, you don't know what your plan is this year? No, I, I'm thinking that I'll be out at the beginning for the Colossus and a couple of the other events and then come back and do the main. Right. Okay, well, we wish you all the luck in the world for sure. Uh, you, just to, to finish things up, as far as uh, the structure of the main event, uh, the 9th, 10th, and 11th are the day ones. If you play on the 9th or the 10th and come back to day two, that will be on Thursday, uh, Tuesday the 12th. If you play on day C and come back for day two, it'll be Wednesday the 13th, uh, the first day that all the players uh, that make it to day three will be playing together is Thursday the 14th, and then they'll play down to the final table uh, on July 18th. This year there's a presidential election, obviously, in November, so uh, it'll be a week earlier for the, not really the November right. 9, I, I can't really call it the October 9 right. either. Right, the end of October. Because it's October 30th, and then they'll finish up on November 1st. So uh, TV is basically uh, pretty much in the same position, and uh, at least a 1,000 places will be paid or uh, 15% of the field, whichever is larger. So uh, the guarantee to the final nine, uh, which Joe McKeon ran away with last year, a million dollars to everybody. So uh, they usually get paid there on July 18th. And, uh, you know, if you come back and you're the first one out, then you don't get any more money. But, right. Uh, That'd be okay. That might be my seven-figure score this year. <laughs> <laughs> that would be outstanding. Uh, is your hopes uh, right up there? Do you have to psych yourself up to really get into that or what? For the main event? Uh, no, I think for the whole uh, the whole summer. I mean, obviously, the anticipation is there. Do you play a lot of other cash games and stuff while you're out there? I, I do, because the cash games out there are so good during yeah, that time. That's that's, I've heard. It's worthwhile to play. That's what I've heard. And then every day they have a deep stack uh, tournament. Uh, yes, starts with a 235 at 2 o'clock. There's one at 5, and, and uh, uh, additionally moves on down the line. Lots of great stuff there as far as uh, cash games. And, of course, satellites as well. Do you play satellites to get into events? Sometimes. Uh, n- more cash games than satellites. I use the cash games as a way to make the entry to a tournament instead of a satellite. I okay. Uh, there will be a one-drop this year, but not during the regular seven weeks out in Vegas. I think it will be later in the summer. 
the big one for a million-dollar entry, and uh, certainly look forward to that as well. That's always a highlight, but they've kind of separated a little bit from the tournament, but one drop, again, is the official charity. Uh, speaking of those uh, deep stack tournaments, uh, just to give you the times, 2 o'clock is the 2.35, at 5 o'clock there's a 185, 7 o'clock a 135, and at 9 p.m. a new 365 tournament in a turbo format. So uh, they have those every day uh, from May 31st all the way to July 18th. So uh, I know lots of people that go out there for the summer that don't play tournaments. They just play the cash games. They sure. They're so good. Sure. And if you go at odd times, if you're, if you're willing to be there uh, late at night, uh, you can find some amazing games. Yeah. Certainly looking forward to going out there again this summer, maybe a couple of times if I can work it out. Uh, but uh, everybody that's anybody in poker, do you have people that you see once a year just going out there? Yeah. Did you make uh, yes. kind of plans to get together for dinner a couple of nights and that sort of thing? I, I definitely see people I only see at the World Series, some of the um, some of the European players and, and players from other parts of the country. But a lot of those players now come to South Florida because right. we have such great tournaments, so right. I'll see them in April. Right. Yeah. Do you uh, do you plan uh, you know to try to make new friends and that sort of thing, or you just let it ha- whatever happens happens? Yeah, I'm not really out there to make friends. Right. I'm <laughs> out there bracelet hunting. You never know uh, when that guy's going to be sitting across from you with uh, pocket jacks, and you have to decide if your queens are going to. Yeah, I don't want that at the table. I want to take everybody's chips, and I don't want to be friends with somebody at the yeah. table and have to worry you. about taking their chips. I hear you. Again, uh, fastest hour and yeah, ten minutes of your quick. life. It flies by. Uh, obviously, we we barely scratched the surface, but people can go to WSOP.com. The information is there now, uh, and there will be some really nice articles. And, of course, uh, a lot of reactions slowly coming out here over the next few days on Poker News and Poker News Daily, uh, CardPlayer.com, and that sort of thing. Uh, it's always fun to see uh, initial reactions because uh, we've had guys like Matt Glantz and uh, – Rep Porter on the show, and, and really good players that are really thoughtful about what's best for the game and, and moving forward and getting their reactions. And the stuff that they brought up uh, has really been taken into consideration and seriously considered. Not always feasible, but in the end, uh, if it's something that everybody wants, it works out pretty good. Right. So I think they've done a great job this year. I think so. I think I think the schedule looks looks great. Yeah. Should be fun, but of course, a lot to go on before that. What you got your accelerator this week or your uh, escalator this weekend over at the Hard Rock, right? And obviously, you'll have your plans for uh, April over at the Hard Rock. Uh, anything else? The uh, Isle in March has a tournament. The, the battles at the beach, right? Uh, which starts, I think, February 29th and moves into March. So, right? Uh, they didn't have the uh, January tournament that they've always had this year. No, and I I, uh, I like that tournament. I don't know why they didn't have it, but. Well, I think there's a lot of competition with the uh, Coconut Creek and, and the Hard Rock, uh, and oftentimes they have jumped on top of a lot of aisle tournaments, uh, which didn't make them happy. But uh, it's a very heavy cash time for them to make uh, a lot of business, and, and it, they just felt it was best to uh, avoid that. Right. But, yeah, there's good stuff coming up. Okay, so uh, that will do it for the program then. Uh, certainly uh, always have a good time when we do this. Uh, I love being here. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for yeah, having me. Yeah, enjoyed having you, and we have uh, fun to uh, kind of just uh, hash out some of the things. I mean, a lot of times we don't really know exactly what's going to happen or, or how things are going to work out, but to to sit here and, and kind of uh, talk about it really gives us a better understanding of what's uh, what's still to come. Sure. 
Thank you, Michael, for being here. Good luck this year. I think you're off to a tremendous start. Gio, thank you, as usual, for all the stuff and uh, all the hard work that puts this show on the air. And uh, we'll be back with Joe next week and uh, lining up some other guests. Uh, certainly a lot of fun. Had uh, Thanks for coming. Thank you, buddy. Okay. Had a great time. Catch everybody next week. We'll be lining up some nice guests for you over the uh, months of March and April as we head back to uh, a big hard rock uh, finish to the WPP season coming soon. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 